Hi everybody, this is Lori Weaver. Welcome to Compulsive Overeating Diary, Day 68. It's now been 27 weeks, one day since I began this experiment where I talk about my thoughts and feelings about compulsive overeating rather than heading for the chips. And it's been exactly one week since I did my little bonus episode down in the park where I shared with you in day 67 kind of my insecurities about feeling like I was disappointing you listeners by not being more thin at this point. That would disappoint my niece because maybe I wouldn't look like she remembered and that I would disappoint my doctor when I get on the doctor scale. So I want to thank those of you that came to encourage me and I'm going to read you some of their encouragement later on. Also, I want to give a thanks and a shout out to Shawnee L for her iTunes USA five-star review where she says she loves this podcast because I'm so real and she doesn't feel alone. Thanks again, Shawnee L. I tell you, brave companions, I really am glad because I am actually talking to you from the next to top upper Zen place. Yay! I finally am injury free enough, have energy enough, and it was cool enough for me to get up the mountain. So when we come back from listening to our inspirational snippet of I'm Letting Go by Josh Woodward, I'll think about what do I need to let go of today. Then I'm going to read you some comments from new brave companions, both from Facebook and from CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com. And it's really interesting because for all that we have in common, they all have something that's a little unique. And then two of our brave companions are going to go on the bravery report for calling the bravery hotline. Stay tuned and we'll let go of something today. But I'm letting go. Josh, I am so thankful to be able to listen to your beautiful snippet of I'm Letting Go Today. Because if you're listening today, then yesterday we found out that U.S. comedian and actor Robin Williams passed away and it looks like it was apparent suicide due to his struggles with depression. And I don't know how much you guys grew up with Robin Williams or the movies but he was a really big, important part in my life. When I was growing up, I was in middle school when Happy Days was live on, on the air and when he first did Mork and Mindy. And then I was in college when Mork and Mindy was live. And that used to be a really big social thing for us to gather around the television in the lounge because we didn't all have our own televisions and we sure as heck didn't have iPads or tablets or smartphones or anything like that. So we actually got together as a group around our student lounge. And one show that we would always agree on is to watch Mork and Mindy. And we laughed and laughed and laughed and he did a lot to make our lives lighter. Now, as you know, Brave Companions, I also live in the Los Angeles area and have had reason to get to know people that are in show business somewhat. And you hear stories all the time about different actors and actresses, you know, kind of from the inside out, how nice they are, how snooty they are, how stuck up they are, kind of what they're like. 
And I have to tell you that the stories about Robin Williams are nothing but how kind he was, how he'd go out of his way to cheer you up, how he would lend a hand to help out his friends and strangers and was kind to his fans. He was a man who definitely had his inner demons as more and more of his stories being made public after his passing. But he seemed to have been a very decent, loving man who just had this internal struggle. And brave companions, I too have this struggle. I've had depression most of my life, I think probably from the time I was eight years old. And I've had a couple of instances of clinical depression, which is actually chemical and ongoing and really, really hard to deal with where I was under doctor's care for some time. And I've also had little bouts of kind of the low-grade depression, which has helped quite a bit by my hiking up the mountain and by my walks and by my talking out my feelings with my therapist. And any time that I start feeling some of these, these sad feelings that aren't explained by, by regular just sadness, when things that normally make you happy don't, when you start to feel like you just don't want to get out of bed or you're sleeping too much or you can't sleep at all, these can all be indications of depression. And I urge you, brave companions, if this is you, go see either your regular doctor, call a depression hotline, and I'll try to put some links on today's show notes, day 68. But it isn't your fault, and I'm telling you from someone who has been in the depth, depth of despair, really horrible despair, who could have easily gone the route that poor Robin did, it does get better. You can get some help and it does get better. If you're in the low grade kind, go take a nice walk if you can. Call the bravery hotline. Let your feelings out. Call the bravery hotline and participate in foolish fun. Find a joke that makes you laugh. Think of something that makes you happy. Even if it's just the taste of ice cream, anything, share that with another person or write it in a journal. But please, if it ever feels that you're getting to the place as Robin did, reach out to somebody, call one of those suicide prevention hotlines, call the depression hotline, try to get some help. Because brave companions, at least so far in my life, I can't speak to your life, but so far in my life, every time I thought my life just wasn't worth living for whatever reason, whatever would trigger that kind of a thought, Things always turned around eventually. Things always got better. I had an adventure. I met someone that I loved or was happy to meet. I got to have an experience. I got to have a triumph. I got to have a joy. I got to have something where I could think to myself, I'm so glad that I got to live longer so that I could experience this. But I am wishing his family well. I know this is so tough. Everybody who knew him is devastated. And even I, as a, a faraway fan, who just had a Robin Williams in my life as a movie star, a comic, and a nice man to hear about, is missing you today. I 
guess in a way what I have to let go is having a Robin Williams in my life. And by that I mean as we get older, you know, movie stars, politicians, astronauts, people that were in the news seem to pass away with more regularity. And the young people coming up are people I don't know <laughs> very much. So it almost feels like the social fabric of my life is disintegrating as I get older. But that's really one thing to let go of. But what I think I really need to let go of today is the feeling of responsibility, that I'm somehow responsible for what other people do or what happens to me. Now, to be clear, there's some things I am responsible for. You know, I'm responsible for did I decide to take a walk or did I decide to sit on the couch and watch the whopping big TV? I'm responsible for did I decide to enjoy my food and stop when satisfied? Or I said, screw it, I'm just going to eat all these chips here until I can't eat anymore because that's my emotional place and that's what I choose to do. So there's some things I am responsible for myself. Now my latest bike little accident that kind of laid me low for a while, I was even responsible for some part of that by how well I could react to what happened, but some part of it I'm not responsible for. That fell into the shit happens category. And I think for me, I am used to somehow turning every disaster, every bad thing, into something I could or could not have done. I take responsibility. Now a big example of that was in day 67 when I was talking about how I felt guilty and shameful and sad because some of you brave companions who were new were rushing through all the episodes just waiting to get caught up to see how I did and hoping I'd do well and I felt responsible for their disappointment. Well number one I can't assume they're disappointed. Some of them may be disappointed, but I didn't do that. I didn't do anything other than I said I would, right? When I began this show, I said, I'm going to be honest about my journey and my thoughts and feelings about compulsive eating and the behaviors around that and what I do and don't do and how I think and what I feel and what do I think lies underneath my eating behaviors. And over the course of that exploration thus far, here on day 68, I'm still convinced that what I need to do is work more in the realm of intuitive eating because that is what's helping me get to the root of my binge behavior, which for me, and again, brave companions, it's me, all about me, 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 me right now, because just because it's my issue doesn't mean that you are going to have the same thing, okay? But I know that for me, my binge behavior is turning out to be extremely learned, extremely emotion-based. It's extremely about things that I don't want to face. And as I do face up to these emotions, as I do stop before eating to identify these emotions, it's really helping me to eliminate and greatly reduce my binge behavior. And for me, I am a classic binge eater diet cycler. And I really didn't realize 
that dieting was part of my eating disorder for me, but it is. When I go on any kind of diet, or at this point, even thinking about dieting, if I even have a thought like, wow, maybe a salad with grilled chicken might be a better choice than having a piece of pie with whipped cream, health-wise, that can trigger for me some of these underlying feelings of deprivation. And it isn't all just deprivation of food. The food can stand in for deprivation. Maybe I was wishing when I was a little girl I got some other attentions, or I was wishing some things did or did not happen, or whatever that built up this hole in my soul, this underlying emotional deficit that feels unloved, unworthy, unwanted, that has been filled up in the past by food. So when I go on a diet and I don't have this food that I actually quote unquote like now again to be clear I do like many many healthy foods I do but the underlying thing the the voice that tells me you're not allowed you can't have it this is bad not for you it should be locked in the freezer those kind of foods are typically what I would avoid during my diet cycles and the feeling that I should not have them that these foods were what made me fat that these foods are what made me unloved, and yet at the same time, these are the foods that when I ate them made me feel self-soothing, made me feel love, made me feel like some other part of me was hugging and kissing me and saying, there, there, Lori, it's okay. And this is all in addition to whatever delicious flavor component they might have, right? So for me, dieting can trigger these under lying or subconscious feelings of deprivation plus since you're on a diet you are reducing your calories in some manner it triggers your biology to make you get hungry <laughs> okay you get hungry so if I need to eat 1500 calories only and that's the top for me to lose a pound a week and my body wants 1800 to 2200 or more because I've been bike riding I feel hungry that is biological but as a dieter I am used to pushing those feelings of hunger away ignoring them turning them off because I can only eat up to my 1500 calories and I might not have that right now or I say it's too early and you know I'll eat that when it's lunchtime. well what I'm learning is that as I let my body get hungrier and hungrier and hungrier by ignoring my hungers I get to the place where I will literally kill the cow and devour it myself. And I'm not even a big meat eater. <laughs> I just get so starving, I will just go like a whirling dervish. I'll be Tasmanian devil of the cupboards, and I will just throw stuff down my gullet so fast that even the robot aliens don't have time to show up. So for me, the binging and the dieting are very much tied together. And because of that, right now, in my, in my learning, in my dealing with my binge behavior, I'm needing to allow any kind of food in the world I need to eat at any time I feel this hunger, and I need to be okay with it. I need to not get on the scale, and I need not to care that I'm still over 200 pounds. Sounds great, Lori. I guess you're feeling psychologically well. 
Well, I am, but I also have 50 years of it being extremely ingrained in my psyche and my habit and my feelings that to be productive, to be good, I should see the scale go down or I should feel my pants get loose or I should hear all these shoulds, I should, I should, I should. It doesn't feel like I'm doing anything to stay the same. And worse yet, if I feel that my pants are getting a little bit tighter, that maybe I put on a little bit of weight, which maybe I have or maybe I haven't. If I have, it isn't enough to really discount water weight gain, tell you the truth. But I'm probably just about exactly the same in the 208 to 210 territory is my guess. But it feels very scary and unknown and really weird. You know, workaholic type people, they can't relax. Like even if they're on vacation in Hawaii, they are like looking at their their phone and answering emails from the office and taking meetings because they just don't feel right unless they're striving to do something for their job. So I guess I'm kind of like a diet aholic, <laughs> okay? I don't know how to deal with the lack of focus And with all the excess energy and mental space I have in my poor brain, if I'm not worrying about how many calories should I eat or turning a blind eye and thinking, how many forbidden treats can I stuff down myself before I decide it's time to diet again? Without my binge dieting cycle, my life feels very weird. I almost don't feel like myself. And sometimes that causes me to panic. And sometimes it gives me an extreme feeling of freedom. It really does, brave companions. When my niece and her boyfriend came to visit, it was wonderful. I didn't worry at all about what kind of restaurant did they want to go to, what kind of snacks did they wish to purchase and consume in our home. I really didn't worry. And to tell you the truth, I didn't overeat one time, not one bit. There wasn't one day that they were visiting that I felt Like I was eating past satisfied. And I call that an extreme victory. So to help me getting over this feeling of being responsible for how brave companions react to me, I'm holding up my hand now here in the Zen place. And I am promising on my wish to be free of my fear of food and to make good true connections with people. I am swearing on that thought that I am not responsible for how you guys react to what I say or do. I am going to trust you to react however works for you. I am going to continue to be honest about my own life and my own progress and what's working for me, and I'm going to give up. I'm going to let it go, the idea that I am responsible in any way for how you guys react to my life. Now, let me be clear, that's different. If I make a comment that hurts your feelings or I do something, I I say something, you know, I screw up, I'm a person. So if I do something to hurt your feelings, if you're brave enough to let me know, you know, that's cool. That's dealing with it. But I'm not going to, as a a global event, assume that my life is having particular impacts on you or not. I am going to let that go and give your life over into your own control, (laughs) kind of like the twilight zone. We're returning control of your television back to you. 
they used to say at the end of the episode, as if you didn't have control in the first place. Now, to start off with the brave companions who actually gave me their opinions and their encouragement after day 67 around this idea that I was somehow disappointing you by not being, you know, 191 pounds or thinner and running around wearing my bikini at this point, is I think this is a first. Kathy from Connecticut is calling to encourage me from her morning walk. How cool is that? Kathy's walking in her phone call to the Bravery Hotline. So here's Kathy. Hi, Lori. This is Kathy from Connecticut again. Um, calling. I'm on my morning walk, and I was delighted to see uh, episode 67, the bonus episode. Uh, I downloaded it and was anxious to start listening. Um, boy, can I relate to everything you're talking about. I do want to tell you, though, that I'm actually finding your um, evolution a better fit for me because I have also um, given up dieting um, probably more for life than just as a temporary thing, uh, basically because of many of the reasons that you have spoken about. Um, it has just fueled my uh, cycling in and out of binging and compulsive overeating. Um, I'm also riddled with shame about um, things that really don't matter to anyone but me. Well, you know, people do make um, assessments, I think, and I do the same thing myself. But once I know somebody and connect with them heart to heart, other than the fact that I feel pain when they're struggling, it isn't important to me. Um, what they look like um so and and i think that's what i'm hearing you say that um we all we all have beautiful beautiful we all are beautiful souls and we need to connect at that level and understand that um the support we need comes from people like you people like me who are compassionate and also are in pain for whatever reason. Um, so anyway, I, I don't think very well on my feet like you do. Um, you, can, you seem to be able to strap on that mic or that whatever, the recorder that you do to do your podcast and head out and process um, things uh, so much clearer than I'm able to do. Uh, but what I what I hope today is um, that I'll get back to my walk, and I'll fire up my computer, and I'll send you off in, an email or a message through your website with a little more clarity. Um, I just wanted to say that thank you for sharing your journey with us and for sharing who you are, good and bad, and in between. And I guess good and bad isn't what I mean, but... Um, sharing sharing all the ins and outs of this journey that you're on and um i think you're a wonderful person and i do hope someday we will meet each other it would be so phenomenal anyway i will like i said i'll send you off i'll, I'll respond to something on the website later on today take care and thank you very much again one of my heroes one of the good guys thanks Lori. bye
thanks, Kathy. You really, really helped me feel so much better about my fear of disappointing you, brave companions, because I'm not getting thinner right now. Yours is a call that I will listen to over and over and over when I need encouragement. I really will. And P.S. For my opinion, you speak wonderfully well as you are walking, and I'd love it if it came to pass that we could meet up and go for a walk together in person, too. Brave Amy, who called us on day 65, comforted me by posting her comments on day 67. I really enjoy your bonus episodes. I am right there with you as far as feeling fat, not wanting to feel fat, and wanting to feel accepted. I was one of those people that listened to all of the episodes to catch up, and I'm sure I wanted to hear you keep losing weight as you started out. But I find it much more real and helpful that you have shared your honest journey. I don't see you as any sort of failure, and I sure don't want you to feel that way either. While I'm not on the same path as you right now, I'm still counting calories and weighing myself, I know that we both need to be patient and allow the journey to follow its course. Your body is adjusting to this new method of intuitive eating, and it will take time for the adjustment to happen. Stay strong, my friend. And then I said this to Amy. Amy, thanks so very much. It means so much to me that you shared that you don't view me as a failure for not losing more weight. It goes to show that we can be much harder on ourselves and that we can also make painful assumptions about how others view us. It's good to be reminded that many people view us kindly and we can also view ourselves that way. Hugs, Lori. Then Brave Companion Sue from the UK also popped in to Day 67 despite her very, very busy schedule of late. I just wanted to give you a big hug when I heard this episode. What you are modeling to us is one way to discover a healthy relationship with food, altering your strategy as you learn more. You clearly have the energy to do what you want, except when injured. Your bloods are normal and you are tackling the underlying issues with true bravery. What's unimpressive about that? You should be on the bravery report for that podcast. And me. This is what I said to Sue, and this was true. Thanks, Sue. I almost cried when I read your comment this morning. I think it is part of the embedded diet mentality that fat big is bad, and that became apparent during the recording of this bonus session. I have some more to work through for sure on that arena. But I'm hoping that whatever struggles I face, by telling them, it may help someone else, and that puts meaning into them even beyond the benefit I get out of working through these unpleasant feelings. Even though, as you say, I have energy, feel well, Super enjoyed the freedom I had around food and dining out during my company's visit. I still have underlying feelings of shame around my size. But I have to be nice to myself because my size is just one attribute of all that I am and not the best indicator of my worth. Thanks again so much. I really needed this encouragement today. And I want to send another shout out to Sue too. I really did appreciate that. I was feeling really alone and sorry and kind of like episode four where I was feeling pathetic. Like I'm admitting to the brave companions that that I'm feeling like a failure in day 67. I really did. And I felt strongly like I had done something wrong, that I'd promised you some glorious journey where I would be your fearless leader, as Stefano says. I would be your fearless leader and I would lead you into the Hosanna happy land of getting over compulsive eating and we would all wear our skinny jeans and our lovely picnic here on the mountain and be happy evermore. 
and I felt like instead of leading you, I kind of stepped out of the line and was kind of plodding around the forest, <laughs> sitting on my ass and contemplating mushrooms growing under the trees. <laughs> but now I see that my journey is my journey, and it is what it is. And if some of you are disappointed in that, I can't help it. I need to do what's right for me. And I also, believe me, accept very much. Like Amy is still on a weight loss plan. And I respect that if that's the place that you are and that's what's good for you, that's what you should do. I don't want anyone to say, oh, wow, Lori is doing X, Y, Z. That means I need to do it too. You know, if you also find aspects of what I'm going through helpful for you, I'm happy to give my opinions on that if you have questions of what I think. But remember, just because I think it doesn't make it true. It only makes it true for me. Speaking of feeling pathetic, you all know of the infamous episode four where I walked around the park feeling pathetic because nobody was commenting and two more brave companions, one named Sandra, one named Suze, both posted for the first time on this infamous pathetic day four and I thought it would be fun to let you all get to know them. First up, Sandra. Hi, my name is Sandra and I have listened on and off to your podcast for a couple of months. Recently, I did a road trip in Arkansas and had a lot of free time and listened to a lot of your podcast. I am 23 years old and have been struggling with my weight and binge eating now for about six years. I hate realizing how long it has been. I've had so many ups and downs, I can't even go through them all. I used to exercise as a punishment for overeating. The more I binged, the more miles I ran. Through lots of therapy and effort, I've stopped the punishment exercising. Of course, since then, I've never been as thin. I've struggled with lots of things that everyone is talking about. I can get obsessive with food calories and years ago with my weight number. It takes up so much energy and time. I also realized again that I am very perfectionistic, black and white, thinking all the way. When I overeat, I failed, and the day is ruined. Once I binge, it's so hard not to binge the next day. It's like a spiral downward, and I think... I'll start over tomorrow and think of all the good things I'll do and always end up failing. I can totally relate to needing to numb out by eating and watching TV. I'm so hard on myself not achieving what I think I should. Constant, racing, negative thoughts that my mind needs a rest. It's like ingrained in my mind, automatic almost. But I wanted to not only share my story, but what has worked for me, what I've accomplished, and what I am still working on. This is what has worked. 1. Not weighing myself. I could tell by the way clothes fit. The number's just a number, just something to obsess about for me. 2. Not exercising as compensation for binging. 3. Talking with a therapist on a regular basis. 4. Scheduling, scheduling, scheduling. The less free time, the less time to think about food and weight. What I'm working on. 1 constantly doing mindfulness every day. Two, identifying when I feel the urge to binge and doing one of my coping strategies instead. Three, eating more fruits and veggies, fiber to feel more full. Four, 
allowing myself to eat a dessert and not feel guilty. I love chocolate ice cream. It's my number one binge food. I wanted to share a little bit of my story and reach out since I've listened to a lot of this podcast recently. I know that as much as I want and plead for binging to just go away, it won't without a lot of effort. Most of my effort needs to go to liking myself, accepting my weight, accepting my personality, accepting me. But oh, it's so much easier said than done. Well, I've related to so much on this show and to everyone posting and speaking. Thanks, everyone. We can do this. My reply to Sandra. Wow, Sandra, you are such an eloquent writer. Your comments here completely resonate with me and touch my heart. I'm so sorry for what you've gone through. I especially relate to using exercise as a whip and a weapon against yourself for eating. It is terrible. I so much prefer my rides and walks now because I feel like my mind can wander and tune in to making my body feel good. I also am lucky to live in a climate where I can be out of doors most of the time and nature has a very soothing, mindful effect on me. I especially love your list of what has worked and what you are working on. So helpful and I think many brave companions will benefit. I will most likely share your comments on day 67. Well, I didn't. I shared them on day 68. And provide a link from those show notes back here. Such a powerful post. So brave companions, I am going to put this link to Sandra's list and her comments on day 68. So go to compulsiveovereatingdiary.com and you'll be able to see this list. And if you are considering intuitive eating, I think this is a really great list to consider. Our next new listener who posted to me on my pathetic day four was Brave Companion Suze. Hi, Lori. I just recently discovered your podcast on iTunes. I was so excited to find it and knew that I needed to hear it and think and reflect on why I have this problem and have had a problem with food and appetite and depression and anxiety for as long as I can remember. I subscribed to your podcast but then sort of avoided starting to listen for a while. I want this problem to be solved, but I don't really want to deal with it. I am weary, so weary of diets and trying and failing and feeling sabotaged by my own body and not knowing how much of this is subconscious stuff going on. And if it's subconscious, how do I make it conscious? And if it's conscious, will I be able to handle it if it's really overwhelming? Because I'm already overwhelmed now. I'm not very techy. I don't have a blog or anything like that. No way to record. But I love the way you take the listener along with your walks. It makes me want to walk with you, to try, to think, to breathe. You like exercise. I hate it. I mean hate it. Sweaty, achy, uncomfortable, humiliating. I just took a book out of the library about mindful eating. I have symptoms of prediabetes and diabetes runs in my family. I come from a kind of dysfunctional situation and I'm still living in it. I've never had any emotional support, never really had close friends. Found out that if you have problems or struggle with depression, most people just do not want you around, period. Unless you can pretend to be happy and continue to entertain them and be helpful. I live in Minnesota, where for a good chunk of the year, walking outside is not an option. I am 44 and don't know how much time has passed without my figuring this out. I'm supposed to be smart, so why can't I get this problem solved? I even did a course a few years ago where they tell you all of your eating problems are emotional, period. Well, I don't think that's all of it. I think part of it is certain, high, I think certain foods hijack the pleasure pathways in your brain and mess up your response to the food. I have tons of thoughts about this. 
that I don't even want to think. It makes me sleepy, makes me sleepy thinking about having to tackle it all. But I want you to know that I am following. I'm going to listen to every single podcast until I catch up. Hang in there, Suze. My reply to Suze. Hi, welcome. Thanks so much for posting on day four. That was the hardest day for me. I really felt pathetic. The good news for me and you is that there are many kind people who can relate to our struggles with food and obsessive thoughts and compulsions around it. We ended up calling each other brave companions, so now you are one of us too. This has been an amazing journey for me and I can relate to much of what you say. I have been depressed most of my life and on an endless treadmill where I try to be perfect, funny, just what anyone would want in order to be accepted. I gained loads of weight, lost loads of weight and everything in between, but food ruled my life. I finally decided that I wanted to try and be real and just see what happens. I promise you, each show I recorded was exactly as I felt at that time. I won't tell you all that happened since you are following my story, but be comforted that I feel really good right now, 26 weeks to the day after I began. I don't love exercise anymore as a way to punish myself or as a way to compensate for binges, but I love hiking and walking in nature. It makes me feel good, and I listen to my body and try not to overdo. That might be why it isn't fun for you. I also love Zumba classes, yoga classes, etc. My advice is to try various things to see what feels good. If walking, for example, feels good, only walk five minutes to start. If that is all that you can do, then six minutes, then seven. If you hate walking, then maybe you would like water aerobics or folk dancing. Most people feel good to move in some manner, but overdoing and making yourself hurt, I am so guilty of this, will cause you to hate it. As to what the cause of our eating problems, for me, mostly emotional. But some people really cannot tolerate sugar or grain or too many carbs. We are all very different. I truly thought that I was addicted to sugar and was shocked when that wasn't the case. Much later on in the show, I went back to therapy to deal with the emotions that came up. This has helped me very much. Anyway, I want to again thank you and welcome you. I'm glad you found us and look forward to hearing your thoughts and feelings about the shows as you move along. I care, Lori. So brave companions, I really enjoyed both Sandra's list of what's working for her and what she wants to work on for intuitive eating. And I also really like to hear the feelings and the frustrations of Sue's because they mirror so many of the struggles that I've had. And I would love it if you guys could support them by going to reply to their comments on day four and I'll, pay, I'll post their links there or say hello to them on day 68. Speaking of struggles, it's time to play another phone call that put this listener on the Bravery Report big time. Now, this is a longtime listener who wishes to be anonymous as she calls, and she shares some of her struggles with us, and she sends greetings to a brave companion that she's made friends with, but we'll just call her our private caller. Hi, Lori. I thought I would give you a call. Been having a bit of a struggle this week, um, getting back on track after a very nice um, and lovely birthday weekend. I did okay the first few days back, um, 
you know, back on track and with my eating. However, I'd run out of some medication for uh, some knee pain that I have. So my knees were kind of seizing up and I wasn't feeling like working out. The last few days have been a real struggle as far as, um, I don't know if it's PMS or perimenopause or whatever, but my hormones are just going crazy and I just want to nap and just not want to just do anything. And it's, I feel like I'm stuck in a cycle of um, not being able to get out of my own head. And it's really frustrating because I've been making really, really good progress with my food, eating issues and such. And it feels like I'm like slipping back backwards and I need to get a, get a handle on it. So normally I like to just listen to one of your podcasts on the way home because it helps bring me right back, but I'm pretty much all caught up. So there's nothing to listen to. So I, I clicked on your uh, site on the way home because I thought maybe I'd call the bravery hotline and, um, you know, you look really great in the photo in the bathroom and, uh, it was kind of meant to be because you were talking about uh, being a Rubenesque woman and that Peter Paul Rubens is my favorite artist, I think, of all time. So I don't know. I think it was just meant for me to call in and say hi. And um, just sometimes wish there was a reset button that you could push and everything would go back to being normal. So anyways, um, greetings, and I hope you're doing well. And if you do play this, um It'd be great if you didn't use my name, um, but I would like to say hi to Sophie and um, from Scotland. I really like her, and I really like you, Lori. So thanks. Keep up the good work. Bye. Private caller, I can so relate to wanting a reset button. Boy, do I want that. Sometimes I think that success can lead to its own struggles. It can feel counterintuitive to us. We do well, and then what the F? Me doing well? I'll take care of this and get back to my psychological equilibrium. But being tired and hormonal can certainly play a part too. Our bodies are used to getting some feel-good love from our eating expedite. From our eating exp <laughs> I can't say that word. I want to. Our bodies are used to getting some feel-good love from our eating escapades. But private caller, overall, I know you are doing well with your goals and your life. So today's feeling, actually, the day you called feelings as we have a time delay right now, can be a signal of something to learn from that you can deal with in future, or it's just one of those things to let go. If the former, please call again or post, and we will support you as you support us. Hugs to you, and hi, Sophie. I wanted to say hi from me, too. Before we leave the new brave companions who have been posting on compulsiveovereatingdiary.com and head over to Facebook, I want to welcome one of our newest listeners, brave companions, and binge listeners, and prolific posters, Diane. So, Diane is really an interesting person, and I call her, in my mind, Diane the Champion, as will be made clear in a bit. Diane first posted on day five. She says, I just found your podcast, and I am starting from the beginning. I can relate to so much you are saying. Thank you. Well, then I, Lori, was very interested in her post from my weight story photos, and I think you'll get the idea of why. She says, Lori, thank you so much for sharing your journey. It takes a lot of courage to post all of those pictures. I am happy for you that you are becoming more accepting of your body. I just found your podcast today, and I am still in the early episodes at this point. 
Much of what you say in your podcast is the same stuff floating around in my head daily. I can relate. And as an interest, as an interesting coincidence, I was a body for life champion a few years ago. In my final essay, I wrote that I had overcome binge eating. Sadly, that was untrue, although I didn't think I would fall back into it. I am looking forward to catching up on your podcast so I can be current. My reply to Diane. Wow, congrats. I aspired to be champion and I know how much work that was for you. Well done. It is sad when we make pro- it is sad when we make progress and then it feels as if it slips away from us, isn't it? It was shocking for me to see my photo history all in one place as an example of what binge eating dieting looks like. It made me sad to remember all I've gone through. But also gives me courage to do the really heavy lifting emotionally that this show and my therapy is helping me do. Thanks again the time to comment and to encourage. It really does mean so much to me. But you know, brave companions, to be a Body for Life champion means that you are looking really smoking hot. I mean really good. It takes a lot, a lot of work to be one of the champions. And we should never assume that a person feels how a person feels or how they're going through things by how they look. And here's some more of Diane's story from day 28. That was the episode where I related my own struggles with doing body for life and my disappointment with my bikini figure, the one that I wish I had right back this moment. Anyway, this is what Diane said on day 28. It is interesting that I am ending my workday listening to your podcast with the episode about your Body for Life experience, considering that I am a former Body for Life champion. This was a great episode, and I related to it a lot. The ironic thing about my particular challenge was that during the 12-week program, I had a significant binge episodes and somehow still managed to be champion. I felt like a hypocrite because I was representing this healthy lifestyle, and yet I was still binging. As another interesting side note is that I did a Body for Life challenge successfully in 2005, although I did not win. And after that is when my eating disorder became exponentially worse. Somehow, I thought that doing a challenge later would cure me. How silly of me to think that. Thank you very much for sharing your story. I am very much enjoying your podcast. I think, it t- I, think I listened to six episodes today. By the way, I listened on Stitcher. Diane is working her way through the episodes and commenting on many to share her thoughts and to support others. For example, this was a big deal. This is something, Diane, you had no clue how important it was. But Diane posted a kind comment to Crystal's story on who are the brave companions. And Crystal wrote me an email that that comment made all the difference to her on a day where she felt particularly vulnerable to binging. So your comments, Brave Companions, do make a big difference. Way to go. Diane, you are more than just a former champion of Body for Life. I call you Diane the Champion here with us because of your willingness to share your feelings and to support us here. Brave Companions, you can welcome and support Diane on Day 68, and I'll also post links to a few of her comments. Posting on CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com or emailing me at Lori at CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com are not the only way that brave companions introduce themselves. Sometimes they introduce themselves on Facebook. 
they send me direct messages or they post comments. And these are two new companions from Facebook, Fiona and Lisa. The first one is Fiona. Hi, Lori. I'm a new listener as of last week. I was so happy to come across your podcast on iTunes as I am always looking for more support in my own struggle with compulsive overeating. I have been blogging about my food issues since last October at littlefoodlies.blogspot.com and me, Lori, I will put that link. I just caught up with to episode 33 where you sing a song you wrote when you were eight and I wanted to tell you how precious that was. I have a BA in vocal performance and if I have any authority at all, you can sing, Lori. Sure, you can improve your voice through singing lessons, but I believe you do have a musical talent. Your song was tuneful, with a great melody, and well-thought-out well lyrics. With just a bit of work, it could be put to music, and you created it. Feel free to share the above message on your podcast. I am so happy that you are being brave and facing your fears. I'll write more later. Love, brave companion Fiona. And man, that thrilled me to death. Fiona, who can sing, says I can sing. So now I am so motivated come September to try to start my singing lessons. I tell you, I just can't wait. And this is what I said to her. Hi, brave companion Fiona. Thanks so much for taking the time to tell me your thoughts on my singing. I'm hoping to start with a singing teacher in September. I have been practicing doing brave things like letting others hear me sing and it has really helped my esteem. Because I'm discovering, what matters to me is the trying and the enjoying. Very different from the mad dash of trying to be perfect and good enough. Honestly, it has taken me a long time to even get used to my speaking voice again, even though the brave companions tell me all the time they like my voice. Because it is foreign to let in good remarks and feelings, negating these were part of my protective armor. If I thought everything was wrong with me under the hood, I could never be disappointed in your reaction. But I like to sing and dance and make up songs all of the time. I have entire musicals of songs I have made for my cats and for myself. So it means very much to me to hear from you that maybe one day I might actually make a song for others to hear for real. And I need not be ashamed of the attempt. That is epic and wonderful. Thanks again for sharing. I will probably use your comment in day 67 or day 68. Thanks again very much. Love, Lori. Ta-da! And here you are, Fiona, on day 68. And I tell you, because of your comment, I've actually been thinking of trying to write some kind of Brave Companion theme song. You know, like, we're the Brave Companions. We're from all over the world. We're the Brave Companions. We are guys and girls. Something like that with a chorus where other Brave Companions can pop in too. But when I ride my bike, I like to sing a Brave Companion chorus just to see how it feels. And when I actually have something that I think is worth writing down, I'm going to ask Brave Companion Sandy to help me maybe put it to music. But more on that later. Fiona, thanks so much. You gave me the courage to actually try. Oh! And then I went to Fiona's blog, and she has the most magical post about her time hiking in Yosemite with awesome photos, and so I added the following to my reply. Wow, you are a very talented writer. I think I will feature your Yosemite entry as the resource of the day for the show notes where I use your comment. And I'm going to, Brave Companions, because her post about Yosemite is wonderful. 
and I am going to put this. So, brave companions, I don't know if you all know, but every single show notes day of Compulsive Overeating Diary, I find something cool or illuminating or something that goes with our topic, and I put it down at the bottom of the show notes page. So you can scroll clear down to the bottom to the resource of the day, click it, and go see something cool. And today, you're going to see Fiona's cool Yosemite blog post. And our closing comments for today come from Lisa, also from Facebook. I just wanted to thank you for doing this podcast. I just started listening about a week ago, and I'm trying to catch up. After listening to the first few, there were so many things that sounded just like me. It was comforting to know that others are feeling the same as I do, and I'm not totally crazy, or at least I'm not alone. I lost 120 pounds 10 years ago, but continue to struggle daily to maintain. I did all right for a few years, but realized in the last couple of years that was only because I was over-exercising. I still have no control over those intense moments when I go from one food to another, trying to find the fix that I'm craving. My quote-unquote friends see me as quote-unquote skinny and think it's easy for me, but they don't know me at all. I know different, and it's frustrating not having anyone to talk to at all that understands. Wow, Lisa, I have to tell you that you've come to the right place, because if anyone understands, it's us brave companions. And this is another good example. Lisa is a successful big weight loser like I was, only she's maintaining close enough to her goal that people assume that it's easy and she's thin, and she still has these thoughts and feelings and trials trying to deal with her food compulsions. So you just never know. So stop hating on the skinny girls if you're a big girl like me. I have to admit, sometimes I was guilty of that. Like, oh, it's easy for you. You know, you could sit in any chair you want. Well, you know, I got thin enough to do that myself, and it wasn't easy. And when you look at someone, you don't know what they're going through. You don't know if they're a naturally thin person or an intuitive eating thin person or if they're struggling with all kinds of horrible eating disasters, and you just don't know. So try to kind of take a chill pill around assumptions of other people and their food. And I'm trying to learn really, really well not to comment on what other people want to eat or how much they want to eat or when they want to eat. I have to really turn my own inner critic off of other people because it's not my business what they are eating. <laughs> you know, It isn't. I'm really trying to learn hands off. And then I wrote to Lisa, I'd like to feature your message on day 68 or day 69. Please let me know if that is okay with you. I can use your name or not. Our stories are just so similar. I'd love to welcome you on the show. And Lisa says, that's perfectly fine with me. It's funny that I received this message this morning. It gives me the opportunity to tell you that there have been many things you've brought up in your podcast that I can either relate to or have not thought about before, but have helped me to have a new perspective on this subject. I have been spending too much time focusing on counting calories only to still be going in circles and losing the same weight over and over and over. I'm driving myself crazy and literally feel like I'm obsessing over these 10 pounds. I'm doing the same things over and over and over, eating great for a few days in a row, then blowing it and getting angry. 
because I couldn't control the cravings. This morning, I have decided to let it go. All of it. I know what healthy eating is. I don't need to write it down. I'm scared crapless at the thought of this for fearing I will put additional weight on, but I can't continue to keep going on the carousel that I've been on for the last couple of years. I'm going to listen to my body and eat what it needs to eat. I got that from one of your podcasts about intuitive eating. And the other thing that stuck in my head was that you eat things you like. I used to do that, and now it seems that I don't when I'm eating well, and then those are the things that I'm binging on. So thanks to you again, I am going back to eating more of the foods I like, only making sure the portions are in control. Maybe that 10 pounds will come off, maybe it won't. I'm going to try to be happy being me and knowing that I'm healthy at what weight my body likes. Now that's the positive Lisa talking. I hope she stays around. I'm sure you know what I mean. Sorry for turning a yes or no question into a long book. Well, Lisa, I can't think of a better way to illustrate that it's okay to change your mind. It's okay to try something new. You lost weight in a traditional manner. You've been keeping it off and you've been doing this, but your underlying life isn't as happy as you would like. I say go for it. If you want to try intuitive eating, do that and see how that feels. And you're right, your body might put on some more weight, especially since you've been using a calorie counting method to keep it slender. You might see a little bit of a bounce back. However, it's not too late to change your mind again, right? Experiment. Pay attention to how you feel. I am big still. I'm still over 200 pounds, but I do feel in my brain really well. And for my breakfast this morning before hiking, I got up and had banana with yogurt, about an ounce of nuts, some chia seeds mixed all up, and I feel fantastic. I feel like I was able to hike with energy and enthusiasm. And all of that breakfast that I made is probably about five or 600 calories, right? It's probably five or 600. Now, I haven't been counting calories for a while, but my, in, my inner mathematician can tell you. And never before would I eat five or 600 calories for breakfast, not even if I were going to be doing a hard exercise day. But I'm not really hungry yet now again. I have an orange in my bag in case I get hungry. But I feel good. My body feels good. My muscles feel good. And these are all things that I super enjoy, even though I still drive myself crazy with feeling like I'm too fat. And as we talked about earlier, that I'm disappointing you all and letting you all down because I'm not magically becoming thin and eating my pie and my cake and having everything in the world I want. But I do have the thing that I want most, and that is a life where I'm becoming free of the fear of food and where I'm making some true and authentic connections, especially with you, the Brave Companions. So, Brave Companions, until next time, take care because I really, really care. A slave without a master, heading for disaster, kicking up the dust in the middle of the road. I've been waiting on a free ride, ticket to a seaside thicket on the edge of Puget Sound.
just inside my skin